Hello and welcome to Newman's Thoughts, a multimedia reading project from the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture to promote the thoughts and ideas of our patron saint, John Henry Newman. I'm your host, Patrick Callahan, director of the Newman Institute. Today is day five, and we continue with paragraphs 15 and 16 to the preface of St. John Henry Newman's The Idea of a University. I'm reading from the Cluny Media edition of The Idea of a University. You can follow along with this or any other edition, or even online via our daily email. St. John Henry Newman, The Idea of a University, paragraphs 15 to 16 of the preface. Someone, however, will perhaps object that I am but advocating that spurious philosophism which shows itself in what, for want of a word, I may call viewiness. When I speak so much of the formation and consequent grasp of the intellect, it may be said that the theory of university education, which I have been delineating, if acted upon, would teach youth nothing soundly or thoroughly, and would dismiss them with nothing better than brilliant general views about all things whatever. This indeed, if well-founded, would be a most serious objection to what I have advanced in this volume, and would demand my immediate attention, had I any reason to think that I could not remove it at once, by a simple explanation of what I consider the true mode of educating, were this the place to do so. But these discourses are directed simply to the consideration of the aims and principles of education. Suffice it then to say, here, that I hold very strongly that the first step in intellectual training is to impress upon a boy's mind the idea of science, method, order, principle, and system, of rule and exception, of richness and harmony. This is commonly and excellently done by making him begin with grammar. Nor can too great accuracy or minuteness and subtlety of teaching be used towards him as his faculties expand with this simple purpose. Hence it is that critical scholarship is so important a discipline for him when he is leaving school for the university. A second science is the mathematics. This should follow grammar, still with the same object, namely, to give him a conception of development and arrangement from and around a common center. Hence it is that chronology and geography are so necessary for him when he reads history, which is otherwise little better than a storybook. Hence too metrical composition when he reads poetry, in order to stimulate his powers into action in every practicable way, and to prevent a merely passive reception of images and ideas, which in that case are likely to pass out of the mind as soon as they have entered it. Let him once again gain this habit of method, of starting from fixed points, of making his ground good as he goes, of distinguishing what he knows from what he does not know, and I conceive he will be gradually initiated into the largest and truest philosophical views, and will feel nothing but impatience and disgust at the random theories and imposing sophistries and dashing paradoxes, which carry away half-formed and superficial intellects. Thanks for listening to Newman's Thoughts. To discover more about today's readings, or to download this season's reading guide, visit www.newmansthoughts.com. This has been a production of the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture, an apostle of the Diocese of Lincoln in partnership with St. Gregory the Great Seminary and the UNL Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas Church.